The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. You are tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. It's Friday 24th of February and the time is now 10 o'clock. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host Neelam and listeners, you're going to have to bear with me because uh, I am struggling this morning with... um, uh, quite a sore throat, so I might sound a bit croaky, um, but I have my my um, brew here to help me out. Uh, I am uh, joined by the lovely Kulsoom this morning, and it's been a really long time since I've had Kulsoom on the show with me, and I'm sure listeners um, are familiar with her lovely voice. Um, and for those that aren't, where have you been? Uh, she um, has um, always uh, come and joined me on interesting topics on the show and um, has uh, brilliant recipes as well. She's the one to go to if you have shorthand recipes. Uh, although today I won't be putting her on the spot. Uh, I'll let her be today. Um, and so anyhow, uh, if you haven't heard of uh, who Kulsoom is, I shall get her to in- introduce herself uh, formally a little later in the show. But first, salam alaikum and welcome to the show, Kulsoom. Walaikum assalam. It's been a very long time um, and thank you so much for um, inviting me over. Uh, it's an honour as always. Oh. How are you? I'm uh, well, as you can see, I'm I'm struggling with my throat. Um, uh, I blame my um, my younger baby, my, my little two-year-old. She was poorly um, towards the end of half term. And um, I just, I thought I was invincible and I could just soldier on with those uh, sleepless nights that I was having. But I think the last few days it's caught up with me. And uh, yeah, I need to sit down with some cucumbers on my eyes, I think, and uh, take some time out on myself. But I'm well, otherwise, alhamdulillah, I feel like the week's gone extremely fast. Uh, What do you think, Kulsoom? Has it gone fast for you? I think I blink and the time's gone. Uh, As mothers, I think that's... uh the case isn't it we've just got so much on absolutely and and i just think this um that i can't believe february is nearly coming to an end i i can't believe that i only just started and i uh, used to write in 2023 i know no i think i've got used to that bit but i can't keep remembering the month that we're in because i feel like we're just whizzing past them so um we're going to blink and it will be ramadan so um that's a whole topic in itself how we're going to be during ramadan absolutely. um yeah so uh, i know um I like to measure, mention the weather in my shows, um, and and it's been quite a crazy week with weather because we've had the dreaded rain come back with a vengeance, and it always comes back when we're doing the school run, and and it's pouring with rain when you have to go and get the kids from school. But it's been quite on and off, and uh, I checked the forecast, and actually, it's we're going to take quite a dip with the weather. It's going to start getting a bit colder again. So, um, just as we thought, we're probably hitting. March and spring's making its way. The sun is not here yet, and I might live to regret this. But I actually really miss the hot sun and the heat. I really, I can't wait for the sun and the heat uh, to come because it, I'm fed up of layering up and then sitting in the car. I feel like a Michelin man when I sit in the car because I'm so layered up, and then, and then I have to get out the car because you know if you've got the heating on in the car, you have to sort of de-layer and then get out the car. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to where I don't I just have keeping neutral isn't it it's just so hard absolutely yeah I just want to pop some sunglasses on and that's it (laughs) that's all I want to worry about just the sunglasses and that's it nothing else so I mentioned that I was having my brew to help heal my throat this morning so I have got my peppermint tea with me this morning um Kulsum are you having a hot brew this morning I literally just had mine and when we have our break I shall go and get another Another one. Now, so what kind of drinker are you? Would you say you're a, a, a tea, coffee? What I'm a tea. I'm a tea girl. Tea girl, yes. I'm yeah. like all different types of teas. So I'm definitely. Yes, tea all the way for me as well. I don't think I can take the caffeine. So listeners, this is the point where we uh, turn to you and ask what brew you are having with us this morning. Um, uh, are you having your tea, coffee, or like myself, a peppermint tea just to um, 
heal the the cold um that we are um experiencing because it's not got any warmer and um you know we're still in single digits so i'm waiting for the double digits to kick in uh do share your uh, messages with us this morning or text messages whatsapp messages or pictures of whatever brew that you, is that you're having with us this morning and you can send that on the studio number 0779-481822 we are live on air reaching out to all our listeners in luton and surrounding areas through the airwaves at inspire fm 105.1 fm listeners can also connect through tune in via the inspire fm webpage and also um connect to the show via the inspire fm um which you can download on your smartphones. So you actually have no excuse to miss any of the shows now. We are also live as an audio on the Facebook page where you can um, like and leave any comments around today's topic on the on the um, Facebook page. And as mentioned before, you can also join in the discussion and share your thoughts uh, on today's topic via WhatsApp and text message on the studio number 0779 Now, in today's show... My My guest Kulsum and I will be talking about the importance of raising girls. Um, Now, uh, we are both mothers of, alhamdulillah, boys and girls. um, But today I'm going to keep the focus on um, raising girls and the importance around this. Now, anything Kulsum and I will be sharing um, in today's discussion will be our own experiences, our own suggestions. And it's it's really our personal journey with raising our girls. Um, it's the, there is no formula for this. There is nothing that's etched in stone and everyone must follow. Uh, we all have our own way of raising our children. Um, and so, you know, these are just suggestions and tips and some ideas perhaps that you may not have thought of um, and can explore with raising your daughters. So before I continue on to the questions, Kulsum, can I please get you to introduce yourself to the listeners? Um, as many of you know, uh, my name is Kulsum, and I have been on here many times, although recently, uh, due to own personal circumstances, I know you've asked me many times, but I haven't been able to join. Um, so hopefully, um, I should be a bit more, a little bit more active for you. Yes, <laughs> um, no. I do. I do have two children, a little boy uh, who's eight, soon to be nine, and uh, a daughter who's almost 15 um, in a month or two. So uh, definitely in the teenage stage. And and like you said, there is no, with parenting, there is no right or wrong. We are all on a learning curve, whether they're five, whether they're 25, whether they're 55. I think every life stage is just on a learning curve and we can only do what we think is right uh, by them so there is no right or wrong answer as such Mm. as most parents would agree yeah absolutely um and and it's a personal journey as well because you know how you um raise your children will be very different to what um another mother would raise their child like i do find that a lot of the time when i'm looking at things that I want for my children or how I'm raising for my children. I'm looking at my own childhood and my own experience and either adding to that or changing what I've experienced so that they don't experience it or, um, enhancing what I did have and making sure that they're having the best of it. Absolutely. And that's, that's your learning curve because we can only go by what we experienced and whether we take that on board negatively or positively, or whether we feel like there is a need for change, Absolutely. We will do accordingly. Every situation is different. Every behavior is different. Every household is different. So, you know, no two situations will ever be exactly the same. Absolutely. But we can only learn from what we've gone through and learn from our experiences and take something positive from that and implement it and try to move forward and utilize that. Uh, And in the hope that we we kind of uh, move away the negative or the things that we didn't enjoy or the yeah. things that we may have done wrong even and think, okay, we're going to make sure our children don't do that, you know, uh, or if we were dealt with something in a manner that which was not maybe the best of ways. There is, like I said, I want to say wrong, but in the best of ways, we can think, okay, well, this is what happened with me. I don't want to, want to do that. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, research, um, Kulsum, shows that generally boys are gen- uh, challenging, more challenging, uh, to raise between the ages of one to eight. And then uh, they say that girls actually then become quite difficult in their teen years. Now, would you agree with this statement? Yes, uh, I would. Uh, girls and boys are very different nature-wise. They can be, not in these circumstances. Uh, boys and girls are naturally different in several ways. Uh, but one thing, no matter what they are like, they should be raised in equally nurturing environments. That's the most important thing for a parent, I suppose, to keep it balanced. Both boys and girls need to be taught the same values, so the same empathy, compassion, respect, confidence and independence they they will have you know boys are more energetic they're more boisterous they can be more challenging they need to exert their energy out a little bit more so than maybe girls do at a certain age um, and i think girls are more hormonal changes that affects their, their self-esteem and they have their own challenges and that comes more later on so they both are challenging in their own respect but just at different time frames which is Probably a good thing because you couldn't handle both at the same time. Yes, no, no. But they and do. They are. They are. Um, they do have their challenges, both of them, but different stages of life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess to an extent that statement has some truth in it because I think um, <clears throat> as girls get older, they are shaping themselves as adults and um you know uh, as women i always find that um we are we have to shape ourselves to be adaptable in any environment and uh we have to try and train our children to be in the same way as well and um uh, especially our daughters because you know they're raised in our home they're raised with our morals and ethics and beliefs and then when they move on and get married they will have to adapt to that environment that they are now moved into and so i think for girls we have to pay particular attention as they get older because this is where you are shaping them and nurturing them as adults so um you mentioned slightly that we do have to raise, uh, and I and I I really like the way you said that that boys and girls um, ultimately are raised in the same way because the the morals, the manners, um, the grounding that we give our children is the same. So you know how they should be respectful, how they should speak, how they should talk, how they should sit and eat. All these um, uh, manners, as such, are the same. There isn't any difference. Um, but there is, I mean, do you think with there, I mean, are some differentiation between how we raise our boys and how we raise our girls? Do you think we need to pay particular attention to how we raise our girls? Um, okay, so even as a children, when our children are growing up, we will treat them differently. We buy different types of toys for girls and different types of toys for boys. We will um, let girls do certain things and let the boys do certain things. And I, I know we let maybe sometimes let boys get away with a little bit more than girls. But the way things are changing, like I said before, we have to make sure that their grounding is the same, mm. no matter what. There is, I think, for me, there is zero compromise there. You know, however. The nature you have to go by the child's nature some mm. girls are very uh, boisterous as well mm. and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that you just have to play by what their nature is like and do that little bit extra for each child whether that's a girl or a boy yes um, but i think with the girls you have to they do need that little bit more of um, teaching of um, not teaching but instilling more independence in them, nurturing in them. Uh, girls are generally more compassionate, compassionate, more caring, more sensitive. This comes very naturally, I think, to them. Uh, generally, not always, obviously. Um, no, especially what, what I've learned. No, I, I agree with you. And I think, um, you know, it's a lifelong thing. Uh, I, I try and explain this to my daughters as, as they're getting older, um, and especially when they hit puberty. Um, 
the emotions kick in and girls can be very emotional compared to boys now boys have very extreme emotions from what i can see they they are either happy or they're angry or they're sad that's it whereas girls will have mixed emotions and you can't really put your finger on to what kind of feeling it is that they're having but it's just i'm angry sad boys also hold a lot in as well yes they may not i won't say they don't notice i think boys notice everything uh, they just may not be as spoken or maybe they can just hold it within whereas girls are like a little roller coaster they're one minute up one minute down and they're quite vocal um yes. which i think is actually very healthy to be yes. very honest yes. uh, i actually like that yes. when children are quite vocal whether it's in a negative positive way that's the better way to deal with it but I do like that the fact that you know what they're thinking, you know what's in their head, you know what's coming out. Um, boys sometimes can be that reserved. Yeah, can be reserved comparatively to girls. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Uh, so, listeners, if you have just tuned in, um, we are talking about raising girls this morning. I'm joined by the lovely Kulsum, um and. Um, we are talking about um, uh, the differentiation between girls and boys and whether raising them should be um, any different. And we are concluding that actually the grounding should be the same, but the emotional side um, uh, of each is probably different. Now, um, I mentioned puberty. Uh, puberty affecting girls in several ways. Now, puberty is a stage of life that hits both boys, boys and girls. Um, and um, it's probably more physically visible with girls than it is with boys, uh, despite the, the beards and the moustaches and, um, you know, the voice changing. But girls, um, I feel, go through um, a lot more changes. Um, uh, and so... You know, this is their physical and emotional appearances. So, you know, from your own experience, how did you handle this when when you were going through this with your daughter? With a lot of patience, is what I can say first of all, girls. <laughs> with a lot of patience, um, yeah. it's a learning curve for uh, for me, even still. Um, but I have to admit, I think um, I'm handling it much better now than i was initially because i was quite worried about it but one thing i would say is i always did go back to think how did my mum deal with it with me and mm. i did quite the opposite in my certain it's in my circumstance um, mm. i think it was just a generation thing i think women at that time didn't were not vocal on such issues or they would just brush everything under the carpet uh, and that didn't work for me very well um, so i won't go into that too much but so I tried to build on the communication. I made sure I was speaking to my child a lot. I would happily talk about things. I would bring things up that she may shy away from uh, in a tactful manner. So communication is absolutely key. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't yeah. shy away from having the talks with your children. That's one thing I would always say, because that's an imperative. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think when it comes to something like menstruation, um, having gone through um, the generation that I went through, that you went through, um, it was always something that wasn't talked about. And I remember particularly when it came to uh, things like Ramadan um, and getting up for suhoor. And sometimes we would just get up because we didn't want our uh, brothers or my dad to know that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and we were just and it was almost like we were putting a veil over the fact that we were going. We would put a veil over. We would come down, just make a little round, and go back up again. That's it. And and it, and I think when I look back, I think. It was all done out of respect, but it was done with lack of education because, you know, um, my mum went through the same thing. So my dad's fully aware of, uh, you know, what periods are. My brothers, okay, you know, they don't know, but they have a sister. They should know. And when they get married, they will know. So it's not something that's they've they've got to be uh, protected from for the rest of their life. They're always going to, at some point of their life, these men Absolutely. are going to have exposure to it. So I think we're, not, we're not saying that they have to openly talk about it with the no. men, no. Um, just the fact they don't, you shouldn't have to feel that you have to, it's such a bad thing and, oh my God, I can't mention it, you have to lie about it. No, you're just not fasting. No, absolutely that should be enough. Yeah, that's it. And and I've and I always make I mean I, I studied um 
uh, a course uh, with a well-known shake in Luton um, on the thick of menstruation. And we studied it in quite detail. And actually, after studying that course, I realized how, you know, there was so much that we just didn't, our culture more than our practice of the faith um, hid away. So, you know, I was always like under the illusion that, oh, when you're on your periods, you can't go to the mosque, you can't go to the graveyard, you, you can't, you know, you're basically, you, you have to isolate yourself. But actually, it's it's normal. And, you know, there's areas of the mosques that you can attend. And there's, you know, if there's lectures and talks going on, you can attend them. And, and it's, you can attend the graveyard as well. Uh, these are all things that you'll be surprised that some people still are not aware of. Oh. But it's up to you as an individual. I mean, the internet is such a great place, and you know, there's there's so much literature out there. You can go to the library, pick up uh, these. You know, there is no excuse for not knowing these little things. And if you don't know, then ask somebody because knowledge is out there, um, and that's the key. And I think, like you said before, we went by culture more than anything. Yeah. Um, this is it and this is why I felt when I when I found out this course was available I felt compelled to do it because I thought be having having daughters and not really understanding this um from an Islamic perspective I think it's really important that I actually um delve into this and understand the topic so I can relay it back to my girls and make it make sense to them and and alhamdulillah it's been really good you know I've learned so much and you know talking to them openly about this everything I learned and I relayed it back with them and said like so all this time that mum said this you know ignore that it's actually like this from, you know, the Quran and Hadith say this, so this is what we're going to, you know, follow. And this is how the practice. So we're learning, we're retraining Absolutely. our brains. Yes. So we know to instill something different into our children, to us in our head. Because we have to then re-collaborate re ourselves before we can do that. Yes. So like I said, we're still learning. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, um, that's the key here that you know you're never done you're never done with learning you will always learn yourself and then that information will be relayed and it's as you mentioned earlier at the beginning it's a learning curve and whether your child is five or 50 you will always be learning in a new way of how to um be a mother you know or be a father it's 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 always a learning curve so um i've got enough time to ask the next question before the break kicks in um Education. Now, you know, again, this is a cultural thing uh, where, you know, many uh, families think educating girls to a certain level or stage of life or giving them careers that's going to balance family life. You know, what's your views on this? How, how do you feel about education when it comes to... I feel extremely strongly about it. Um, mm -hmm. Not just... Islamically, we must always, always educate and put knowledge in our daughters. And personally as well, because life has so many uncertainties. You don't know what will take the turn tomorrow. You know, you need to raise your children or raise your daughters so that, right, okay, if the worst comes to worst, I can stand my ground. You know, it's good for their physical needs, for their emotional needs, for their self-importance emotionally and financially, the independence and confidence. Um, you need to train them for themselves not to provide naturally for the house, the bills, not not in that sense, but it's for themselves. Um, they need to have those values instilled. If they're a confident person, they can then move forward with their family in confidence. And if they need to, if they want to support, um, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a decision they can do or they can make. But having the knowledge that I've done something and I know something, I can then instill that into my teacher. Don't forget, we are teachers of our children as well. They just don't go to school and that's it. They come home, we sit there, we teach them not just what their schoolwork is, but what their life is. We, we do Quran with them, we do uh, lessons with them. They will ask you questions and test your thought. Your thought process will always change according to what you have learned, whether that's through education or whether that's through knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you hit the nail on the head there that, you know, um, 
we are their educators and uh, you know whatever we do and however we react to situations they will emulate us and and i'm seeing this through my 2 year old uh, because there's a lot of things that i say and i hear her saying that back and i think wow i use that word a lot and you know i always i refer to my children as the guys so you know whenever i'm i'm saying oh i need to go pick the guys up she's like oh we need to go and get the guys from school so you know she's picked up on that um the term and how I refer to the children she doesn't actually name them or say my brothers or my sisters or make it personal she's emulating what i'm saying so it's really important you are doing right yourself because you... and if you are a confident and strong person you will then give that message across to your children or to your daughter that you know what it's very important to be that independent and confident and there's nothing wrong with that so that you can speak up for your highs and lows tomorrow Yes, that's very very important. Absolutely, yes. So, uh, Kulsum, believe it or not, we are actually uh, coming to the end of the first half of the show. So, this is your cue to go refill your hot drink. Uh, and uh, listeners, if you have just tuned in, where have you been? We have been talking about raising girls this morning, and um, and talking about our own experiences and things that we have gone through with our own daughters and um, uh, things that we have applied. Now, do uh, use this break uh, to go and refill your hot drinks, cold drinks, whatever it is that you're having with us this morning. And also jot down any questions that you have because we are taking in WhatsApp or text messages on the studio number 0779481822. But for now, Go for a short commercial break and we will see you after the break, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Mother's Planet. It's Friday 24th of February and the time is now 10.30. I'm your host Neelam and joining me on the show today is my lovely guest called Soom. Assalamu alaikum. Sorry, I could I could lip read what you were saying, but I couldn't see you, uh, hear you more so. Uh, so in the show so far, we have been talking about um, raising our girls and uh, looking at... Um, some of the uh, things that we have applied as mothers uh, when it comes to trying to uh, bring them up and raise them well. So I think at the beginning we were talking about how important education was and uh, Kulsum said that, um, and I really like the way you said that Kulsum because um, it's not just about educating them so that they can go and make a career and become successful, but it's to give them that level of grounding. And I guess in some respects, like you said, um, independence because that was my next question, um, as to how to raise an independent daughter. Now, it's, you know, it's quite a, a hard concept because you want them to be independent, but you don't want them to be feisty. So it's trying to find that balance because, you, you know, you want them to be standing their ground, but then you don't want them to rock the boat either. So it's a very uh, different... How have you managed this, Kulsu? It's so hard, isn't it? It is so hard. Going through those... Um... There is a word which I don't really want to use, but my friend uses it. But they're feisty moments, let's just say that. They do go through it, and you do have to grit your teeth sometimes uh, because they're still learning their ground as well, aren't they? Yes. Uh, but I, I guess, um, you know, the things that are most important to you when you're raising your children, um, you know, self-awareness, um, they have to, the right of themselves and the right of others, for example, um, religious and ethical values, I guess, you know, within that you've got kindness, empathy, uh, respecting, tolerance, patience, all these key elements. Um, I know we do the we do the uh, core elements of teaching, which is your noirs, your Quran, um, keeping fasts, but there's still, yeah, that, that's fine, but we still have that little bit more. So, we, we do, we, we try to make our little comments and give our recommendations and what our thoughts are whilst um, life, life is carrying forward. Um, so, for example, yesterday my, my husband said something in a joke. He said, oh, um, oh God, I'm never going to go to heaven. And my daughter just laughed and said, Dad, treat me right, I'm your daughter, Jenna. 
Now, she said that as a joke, but actually it's because on our path, whilst daily path, we do make those little comments and make those, you know, when you do something good, it reflects upon me as a mother, you know, think of us tomorrow. It's all sadhgajarya, isn't it, going forward. Um, so your bond and your relationship, that's extremely important with your children, you know. If you have that bond and relationship with your children, you can uh, build on the trust, you can share, make sure they're sharing things with you, so you can talk about things. Something doesn't need to have an action straight away, but just your opinion is enough to influence sometimes. Yes, yes. Um, you know, just so that they can confide in you as well. Yeah, and again, like you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, communication, uh, giving them that opportunity to, um, you know, know that you're there and you're you're readily available to speak to. Um, mm -hmm. uh, my husband's friend, um, he's got daughters that are much older than, than ours. So whenever we see him, I always say to him and his wife, okay, so come on, tell us what, you know, what do you, and he said that when whenever you're, you know, this could be your son or daughter, but whenever they come to you and they confess or confide in something that they've done or they're feeling or they want to do, your initial reaction has to be completely, you have to be completely mute. Completely mute, completely mute. And you have to play a poker face. And that's yes. exactly what you do. Yeah. don't let anything shock you because we're living in a different world. So yeah. you can't guide your children if they won't talk to you. Absolutely. Um, yesterday, this morning, actually, I read something. It was just a little quote, um, and it was by uh, Ali bin um, Abdul He said, "Do not raise your children the way you, your parents raised you. They were born for a different time." Yeah. No, and that's just so perfect because our our time was different. Their time is different, and their children's time is going to be completely different. So you have to think. No matter what they say to you, like, okay, how am I going to deal with it? And what advice do I give? But never, ever make them think that they can't come to you, no matter what. Even if they made the worst mistake ever, they've made that mistake. How do you move forward? Only you can help them. And if you don't help your children and you push them away, they're going to go on a completely different path, and that's going down a completely different train back. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think um, when you said the poker face, we need to master that. So we're going to have to sit in front of the mirror and try and master this poker face because this is exactly what he said. He said that they will always remember your initial reaction and whatever you say at that point will always be remembered. So they will always think twice when they, if, uh, you know, they ever want to come back and say it again or have another thing to tell you, they're going to say, well, actually, when I initially told you something you reacted in this manner so forget it i'm just not going to go down that road but if you have the poker face yeah if you if you notice the little things they won't come to you for the big things but i know my one response is usually okay <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah okay because then i have to process it and then you think and you talk um you know and that's good and that's that's something i've learned to do over the years to be very honest um, and I and I knew that through my life experiences, I would never speak to my mum about anything um, personal, whether it be hygiene or emotional feelings. And I I actually was the first to approach my daughter. You know, you're going to have these feelings. So, you know, you're growing of age or you need to start doing this. You know, why don't you? You know, and I never tell her, like, you have to do this. No, it's, it's a suggestion, you know. And then I also shared with her, my mum said this to me and I didn't like it because I felt like this, you know. So I would say, suggest this to you. What do you think? Yeah. This is the, the road that I took. But that worked for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would recommend it. But like, like we said, everyone's road is different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I guess... In the aspect of raising independent daughters, um, you know, um, my my dad, especially when it came to raising me and my sister, my dad, my dad was very um, 
fond of uh raising me and my sister and i and i recall and i've got even still to this day you know i i don't think i'm a grown my children laugh because whenever i see my dad i'll still go and cuddle cuddle them and i I'll, I'll sit near them like i'm five it'll just automatically happen and you know my dad was very uh keen that my my sister and i had the um same opportunities as my brothers so you know when it came to um certain checklists that we had to do before we hit adulthood and um, and one of them was driving now my dad my mum when my mum came to, my mum just hates driving she hates driving even to this day but my dad was adamant that my mum just it's a skill you need to know it just do it and i think it was the third or fourth time uh, bless her she she eventually did pass but when it came to my sister and myself as soon as we got our provisional licenses my dad you know put the l plate magnetic l plates on the car and got us in the car and said right okay we're going to we're going to drive and you know i was terrible because you know i would be too close to the cars and my dad would cringe driving but he's like no come on you can do this focus and and that was one of the things i i you know when i think of what was it that my dad was adamant my dad was adamant that you know, we we studied to a degree level so that we've got that grounding. I think I had a very similar experience to yourself. My yeah. mum would have been happy to go down the cu- traditional cultural, um, you know, not doing anything. My dad was very adamant. No, you know, she will go to school. She will go to college. She can wear jeans. She can do this. Uh, take your cycle. Go out wherever you want. I had actually a lot more freedom than many girls growing up. And to be very honest, so I didn't feel the need to rebel because... I had all that, and my dad wanted to push me towards education, wanted me to go work, wanted me to get out in the world. He very much did push, 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 which was um, a breath of fresh air. And now that I look at that, and I I see that that was a big thing at that time. Absolutely, yeah. And Kusum, you just mentioned something there, where you had the freedom, and so you didn't feel the need to rebel. And And I think this is key to raising our our girls because if you I remember talking to you because when it came to um you know um the dreaded makeup and the dress sense and the clothing I mean if you look at some of the clothing in some of these retail shops for girls of the age of 15 and 16 I I get mortified when I look at some of the things that they they are actually saying girls this is acceptable for you to wear but you have to give them that ground and I remember talking to you saying that you let your daughter be free in the house and you know wear whatever she wants to wear and then you you know the burda and the veil and the modesty all kicks in when you when you step out the house you know you you're a different person you don't want to be judged by the way you're dressed you want to be judged by the way you speak the way you walk the way you talk you know all the other characteristics so when my daughter was young um i met her wherever she wants and i i know small skirts and the sleeveless whatever but as she grew older i made that you know it gets more modest and modest and um i did say to her like maybe if uh, when she was like nine ten years old you know when you're growing up now you can't wear show so much you know and you instill it a little bit at a time and um by the time that she started her periods um i actually was or i had already had the conversation with her prior um, I didn't hide or shied away from that much, that conversation at all. Um, and I did say to her, look, these changes are going to be compulsory in you. So maybe you should start thinking about that initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the time came, she knew, okay, I'm not wearing sleeveless anymore. I know I'm not going to even wear half sleeves anymore. And I said, well, you can wear half sleeves. And she said, no, I'm not going to, you know. Um, so she doesn't. She dresses very, very, very modestly. Even in the house when it's just us, She'll walk around with her nighty or whatever she wants to. Even when her dad's home, she won't do it because he's a man. Yeah. Um, Just, you so, know, less, less, uh, um, uh, I, I, I had a, a neighbor who was um, of Christian belief and she, she just didn't understand the concept of why, you know, less is more or something. She just said, I don't understand why women feel compelled to dress less to make themselves be more visible um, and actually having said and criticized the retail industry with the the clothing that is expected for children at this of their age there is you know a lot of um 
online retails that have opened up now, which are promoting modesty wear and modesty wear. There's a lot more out there now. There's a lot more out there now. It's becoming a bit more trendier than before. And another thing I wanted to mention about um, letting your guards down with the girls. So, you know, um, so when my girls are on their periods and stuff, I always say to them, you can paint your nails. So I've got like a collection of nail varnishes. Well, we, we have a little celebratory moment. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I don't know if I can say this on uh, on the show, but, you know, the minute we we know, great, oh, I know, I can do my nails. And we have all our pampers set ready. Yeah. So the minute, come night time, all right, chocolate's out, no more reading for me. I'm just going to chillax. I'm going to paint my nails and do my facials and, it's a me moment and you know and it's actually nice because those few days are your few days um you know and that's the way i've made it and said well you know you can do what you want pamper yourself you know do your nails and stuff or if it's not that then anything else you want to do you know take the time out and watch the you know get some chocolate and watch a movie because you can't pray anyway so use that time and do what you think you know you would have normally do yeah um it's just giving them that um that freedom of like you know you're not restricted nothing is off um off guards i don't know um, if i'm using the right term there but nothing is off limits that's the word yeah well it's just it's just a matter of the right time and the right place absolutely if you're at home then it's your home it's your bubble you can do it whether you want yes absolutely and i guess it's giving them that space to allow them to um to have that because um, I I home educated my eldest daughter, and I think um, as much as it was a learning curve for her, I think it's taught me a lot more about um, how to raise her and the things that I wanted to instill in her, and give me that opportunity to spend time with her. So the time that she had at home with me, we were able to learn about each other. So she learned what. I like to what I and even now, um, uh, my sister-in-law's homeschooling her daughter, who was the same age as my daughter at the time, and um, who is the same age as what my daughter was. And w- she popped over yesterday with her, and when she sat there with her, I felt um, like an emotional wave because I thought, gosh, I remember that time with my daughter. And you know, even she says, "Mum, I have fond memories, and I I don't regret having those two years at home with you and building the foundations because not only did I develop independence, you know, I realised that actually, you know, I learned how to." Um, take care of myself I learned a bit more about you she's the only one in the house and my husband that can make my tea the way I like it and you know my my other daughter tries and I'm like no it's okay I'll homeschool you at some stage and you'll learn how to make the tea as well so you can see what homeschooling's like in my house but you know she she knows a lot about my my likes and my desires and she's just it, it allowed us to really open up and um form that relationship but um one of the things that she said that she really benefited from was that she realized that you know you have friends and um you don't need to be dependent on them so when she started school and there was a lot of um girly conflicts um um, you'll get a lot of them yes and she and she found it re and she just couldn't understand the concept of why girls were so feisty and and I said, look, it's all of them trying to mark their level of independence and strength, and it's just the way girls are because they need that grounding to know that they've got control, and ultimately that's what it is. And um, she soon, you know, learned how to deal with it and was able to stand up to it. But she's realised that actually I don't need to. I don't need a buddy that I need to walk around with to sit down and have lunch with. She's she's actually quite happy to just have her own space. That's her independence has kicked in. Absolutely. And I'm so happy that she feels that way because she's like, I actually, especially now, because she's, bless her, she's got GCSEs coming now. So she's her focus is all about studying. So any minute she gets, it's like reading a book or jotting down some notes. So she says, I really appreciate being in my own space because it gives me that time to just reflect on anything that I need to double check on or you know I'll catch up with the teacher and and another thing she's actually really confident talking to adults and that's something her teachers picked up on saying that a lot of children that are teenage children find it very hard to speak to adults because they will talk to them like you're their mate rather than 
Absolutely. I, I had the same thing as yourself, because, you know, as you know, Mary's quite vocal, which is great because she wasn't ever like that. Um, I found that during year seven and eight, she was very people-pleasing, uh, whether at school with her friends and peer pressure and, and even year nine. And you know, that was a tricky moment because you don't want them to be like that. You, you want them to be able to make the mistakes and be able to say what they want to say and stand their ground, which, you know, sometimes having a little bit of feistiness in you is good. Um, and Alhamdulillah, she's come out on the other end. So now I know she'll say whatever she wants to say. Um, so that independence, that's where that comes from. If they feel confident and they feel loved, and they know that, hold on a minute, I don't need anyone. I can get on. They will speak out. But if they feel like they're looking for that love and looking for that acceptance, they will always try to people please. Yes, yes. And and I think that's what it is. It's, it's the acceptance. And you have to try and give them that at home. You have to make them so feel. It's a model preaching of you know of um, of Islam. Maybe you know they follow you, and Marshall, you're a very confident, well-spoken person. So your children will see that in you, and in naturally it flows. You know, um, yeah. and that's why how children pick up. They they pick, and we have little eyes watching us at all times. That's what we have to remember. Um, how you react and how you speak and how you deal with something. It's how your children most likely will will take that approach. Yes. Because that's their that's that's, that's them learning. Yeah. And we are teaching them that. Whether we know it or not, that's what we are doing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And and that's you know, and that's like when you get into loggerheads with other mums in the playground or, you know, when your child has a conflict with another child in the class. Well this is this is why we have to be mindful and be selective about the people that they spend time with. Yeah. Because that plays a big part. Uh, we can't tell them to say, no, don't be friends or don't talk, because I've, I've tried to test that. That doesn't work. You just have to keep at it and try to steer them in the right direction, tactfully. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I guess on uh, based on that, um, I wanted to ask the question around, you know, um, the importance to encourage um, a positive relationship with our children, being there and hearing them out. Uh, this changes, obviously, when the teen years hit, um, where, as you mentioned earlier, that they can either go to the extreme of saying everything and being really vocal or go to the other extreme of just going mute and reserved and shut out everyone around them. Um, you know, how did you, how did you tackle this to make sure that your child uh, and your daughter knew that your door was always opened, and you know, I can tell mom anything, and I, and I, I don't worry about this. I would always worry, firstly, um, until, I, I, like I said to my daughter, she said, "Oh, I'm not your baby." I said, "You'll always be my baby, whether you're now, whether it's in twenty years' time, or whether you're fifty-five, sixty years old. You'll always worry." Yeah. Um, but build that bond early. You know, if you can do it pre-teens, that's the best time. Because as they grow, they do have their changes and they do have their moments. And they, they will have their snappy moments and things like this, but they have to know where their boundaries are. And when they have the... The way I dealt with it is, I remember my daughter having many snappy moments and... I'm saying BFF because my friends know what that means. They say moments, so to speak. Um, when they have those moments, keep quiet. Just really, really patient. And I always say to Mary, you know what you're saying now? I want you to think about what you just said and how you said it. And I would walk away. And an hour or two later, she would come in and cry. Please, mommy, don't be not off. I'm really sorry. And I would say to her, okay. What are you sorry about? Because I want to know whether she did think about it or not. But I, you have to give that space yes. for them to think about it. And then you say to them, okay, you know, I understand X, Y, and Z. However, you know, you want to say that to me. You said that to me, but don't say that to me in that tone. Never yes. speak to me like that. You have to have that boundary. You know, you're, you're their mum, you're their friend, but you're still their mum. Yes, absolutely. No? Yeah. And, and that is key. You have to... Even now, I'm fighting with my children in a play fight and it will get out of hand, especially with my little boy. And I will say, oi, I'm your mum. 
Yeah, yeah. My, my, my daughter came out of school and she goes, oh, and she said something and she, she said, oh, man, uh, I can't remember. It was just the way she, and I started laughing. I said, I'm a mum. Yeah. Just don't forget, you know, I'm your mum. Yeah. With respect. I, I don't know if she meant no harm by it, but every now and then I do keep reminding them. It's great you're telling me things, but I'm your mum. Yeah. Uh, so you do, because there will be moments, and I hope and I pray that uh, it, Allah makes it easier for us all day by day. But that's one thing that we should all do. We should all not forget that we, as parents, we should always pray for our children because if we don't do that, nobody else will, you know? And they must know that our mum is making the world for us, you know? They must hear it. They must see it. They must feel it. Your mum wants the best for you. Absolutely. So, uh, Kulsoom, we are um, only a few minutes away from the show. End of the show. I know, I can't believe I, it. I want to say something, if that's okay. I bought this book for my ch- my daughter, but she... It's called A Muslim's a Girl's Guide to Life's Big Changes. And it's a little book. It's not a big book. It's a little book, very simple, and it tackles little things like changes, feelings, boys, uh, music, uh, studies, uh, teachers, sadhgar, what you're wearing. Just in layman terms for girls, you know, you're a girl now, you're growing up. This is how, I would recommend this book. So who's the author of the book? It's from Ray, Rehana Khan. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you can see it in the camera. Yeah, um, I can. I can see it, yeah. So. It's, it's just a little guidebook, and it's in very simple layman terms. And I think I gave this book to my daughter when she was around 10. And she's read it a few times, and even yesterday she said, Mum, this is a really good book. Um, um, and it's just little hints and tips on, you know, how to tackle little issues for yourself and for your daughter. Yeah. But it's a great book. Well, thank uh, you. For knowledge is key. No, absolutely. And I, I, I guess, you know, um, ultimately, um, the, the take-home message from today's show when it comes to raising our daughters is, you know, you have to instill um, many things. And um, the key thing is to have, the grounding which is their faith um and after studying like the fic of mensis myself um i realized actually there was a lot of things that i didn't know about my own you know practice it was a cultural thing that i was putting over religion so you know uh, understanding the faith because if you really truly do understand our faith and our belief you will realize that actually it's it's opened up so many opportunities and doors in itself because there's there's talks about educating our daughters. There's talks about giving them independence and raising them well. But Kulsum, it's been brilliant having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. And I, I really thank you so much. Um, just raising children with compassion. They will treasure your memories forever. Um, harsh bringing, upbringing will scar them. Um, and so the foremost in faith and, will be um, foremost in the hereafter. Those are the ones brought near to God in the gardens of pleasure. They will enter in one rank with bright faces. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.